The Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory, Glory to you, Lord. Jesus said, The dominion of heaven will be like this. Ten bridesmaids took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, all of them became drowsy and slept. But at midnight, there was a shout, Look, here is the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Then all those bridesmaids got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, No, there will not be enough for you and for us. You had better go to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. And while they went to buy it, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went with him into the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the other bridesmaids came also, saying, Sir, open to us. But he replied, Truly, I tell you, I do not know you. Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. I go right for the bright ones, the reds and the oranges. You see, I'm a bit of a leaf peeper, drawn to the beauty of fall foliage like a bee to honey. If I'm walking or if I'm running or if I'm in a car, my eye goes toward the colors bright and rare that are here today and gone tomorrow. Ah, such beautiful melancholy. Now, several times I've traveled to New England to be there for peak brightness. But like so many things in life that you cannot control, like rainfall and temperature, you never know the day or the hour or how much rain it will be when, when you are there, and it dampens the whole spirit. Yet several weeks ago, I did see some stunning leaves, and my heart was glad. So what's going on with the leaves here this year? Warm temperatures in October with dull colors, no color, really, until colder temperatures this last week made many of them pop. So I was running by the lake last Monday and then Wednesday, saw some bright oranges and reds surrounded by other dullness and green leaves still on the tree. I remember like 10 or 15 years ago, if there were any leaves on the tree on November 1st, All Saints Day, it was strange. And then several days ago, some of those deep burgundies next to an early snow. Consider the five bright ones in today's parable about the ten wedding attendants. I learned this week from one scholar that these are not bridesmaids per se, but friends and relatives of the groom. Interesting that they are all women. The bride 
doesn't appear in the parable. The five bright ones, these five wise women, have extra oil with them. The not-so-bright ones, the text calls them the foolish ones, have no such reserves. Now, though ten represents completeness, maybe none of the ten are exemplary. For one thing, when the groom was delayed, all of them became drowsy and slept, like the disciples falling asleep in the Garden of Gethsemane. The not-so-bright ones? Hmm. They get scolded. We always scold them for procrastinating, running out of oil and having to buy more, not being ready and missing the one moment that mattered, the feast with the bridegroom. Yet wouldn't you say the other five were a bit selfish, not sharing their oil? One commentator was so bold to say that the behavior of all ten attendants was so poor You wonder how they got invited to the wedding in the first place. What matters most is being in the presence of the bridegroom. Imagine the celebration of all ten could have walked in together. But remember, the problem, the challenge of this parable seems to be the delay of the bridegroom. Ah, things don't happen on our timetable. The early church had to deal with the delay of Christ's return. And we are always facing one delay or another. And life always seems to be a bit of Advent watching and Advent waiting or vigiling through the latest tragedy or bad news. One week ago today, another shooting in a church, unending allegations of sexual misconduct, competing philosophies on what is best for our country, Though the oil of the parable is sometimes described as good deeds, and though Jesus calls the disciples to let their light shine brightly, don't we become distracted and dulled by the pressures of life? Our faith loses the urgency inherent in Jesus' message about the reign of God. It becomes something kind of optional or secondary, a smug, feel-good that we are the bright, wise, educated, compassionate ones, in contrast to the not-so-bright ones who vote or think or pray differently than we do. But there's more. If we're honest, eventually we run out of oil, or we run out of hope, or we run out of energy. We have no more reserves, no more drive to either care or shine with the brightness of God. And instead of bright oranges and reds, all we see is dullness. And a November cloudy day doesn't help, does it? Life loses its luster. Some of us face depression. Others become apathetic or cynical. At age 39, well-known poet Christian Wyman received a cancer diagnosis. As his heart was ripped apart and his spiritual journey took a path like he had never known, he began to realize that fear and hope lived side by side in him. And he wrote these amazing lines, O God, my bright abyss, 
into which all my longing will not go. Once more I have come to the edge of all I know, and believing nothing, believe in this. Wyman's phrase about a bright abyss, isn't that different than the way wise spiritual writer Richard Rohr talks about a bright sadness? A bright sadness that he sometimes notices in wonderful older people that he meets. He notices how they are able to hold gently deep suffering and intense joy. As they face various losses, there's a deeper lightness and okayness about it all. As Rohr adds, there is less need or interest in eliminating the negative or the fearful, making those old rash judgments, holding on to old hurts, or feeling any need to punish other people. There's no need anymore to prove that my group, my ethnicity, my religion is the best. Rather, it's a time to give back, to share from your oil reserves, to be, gener to be generative, and to let your life shine brightly. It's amid the drowsiness, it's amid the dreariness, it's amid the dullness of life that we keep Vigil, the attendants wait for the arrival of the bridegroom, not unlike the Easter vigil in which we watch for Christ to come among us to break the bands of lethargy and death. Yet, as we heard in our first reading, our, our hope is not in human striving alone, for that can leave us weary and worn. Wisdom. Wisdom is waiting to be found. She is the brightness found by those who love and seek her and are drawn to the beauty of the feast. The evening is advancing. The reds, the oranges fade. Christ the bridegroom comes among us this day to awaken us, to invite us yet again to the feast of life. Go out to meet him. Your lamps lit, sharing your oil with those who have none. Earlier this fall, caught in fight, a dear friend and pastoral colleague died. He used this benediction each Sunday that he presided. And I think you'll catch the brightness and the urgency in it. Life is short. And we do not have much time to gladden the hearts of those who travel with us. So be swift with love, make haste to be kind. And as we go, may the blessing, the peace, and the joy of the Holy One, who is in the midst of us, be among us and in our hearts this day and always.